0: It's good to be back. We went away. We had some vacation time. So if you haven't met me, I'm Mark Besmeyer. I'm one of the pastors here. And um, we've been doing a series in Second Timothy, and we're going to go back there. We've only got two more weeks on this, today and next Sunday. And we're in an interesting section because it, you'd be tempted, like I was tempted when I first started to get ready to teach this, like, oh, we'll just skip over that part. Because, you know, the last time I taught We talked about Paul talking about finishing the race. You know, we could just finish the book with finishing the race. Because this section has a whole lot of people described in it. And then as I got looking at it, I thought, no, we need to talk about this. And I think there's some things for us to learn here. So let me give you a context for that. So there's a difference between designing something and implementing it. Have you ever thought about that? You know, you have all these plans, and then you try to go about doing the plans. So the picture on the left, obviously, is a football play, and so the little circles represent the offense, and the little triangles represent the defense. And so, you know, you just push this guy out of the way. Well, you can see, what if the guy's 300 pounds? Pushing him out of the way hits a reality that's not... Simple. And so sometimes things don't go according to plan. When we read the New Testament, Paul gives these great instructions about this is how the church should work. We're all the body of Christ, and we all are members of one another, and every part helps, and we all fit together, and it's all beautiful. And you just do teaching, and then when somebody gets out of line, you, you do some you know loving rebuke, and that fixes everything. Yeah. So what I see in this last section are names that give us stories. And they're stories woven in the New Testament that help us see what actually happened and gives us some clues as to how we can interact with that. You know, people talk about the early church. We don't have any videos of an early church service. People talk about it, and we get some ideas from records, but here in Timothy, we're going to look at some names. So we're going to slow down. There's two more sections, and we're going to just talk about eleven verse, or three verses this morning. So would you just pray with me? Ask the Lord to show you something from the Word this morning, and then I'll, we'll look at the three verses, and we'll talk about it. Father, would you just remove anything that clouds our thinking right now and help us look at your word and hear from you. I pray you'd apply your word to your people and help them hear you. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So here are the three verses. Paul writes to Timothy, Make every effort to come to me soon, for Demas, having loved this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Pick up Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for service. So you got five names, and Paul is uh, urging Timothy to do something. He's come. Now, what's interesting, you know, we talked about how Paul understands he's near the end of his life, and yet he's obviously continuing, and he says, come, I'm, I'm alone here, and I need you. But the first person he mentions is Demas. Now, Demas occurs elsewhere. If you read the book of Colossians and you read the book of Philemon, he's mentioned in the end, and he gives a greeting, like Demas greets you. So obviously he was one of Paul's companions and probably was known to the other churches, so he was a worker. He was with Paul. He was in the team. He was, he was you know one of Paul's guys, but he leaves. He deserts him, having loved this present world. He takes off for Thessalonica. One of the things we have to recognize is sometimes people change for the worse. And this is why choices matter. Your choices have an impact on your life. I'm going to talk more about that in a minute and give you some illustrations, but How do you think he ended up in in Thessalonica? It wasn't just a random out-of-the-blue thought. It wasn't just one choice to get there. So I was curious why why that city. And so I looked it up, and one of the things they say about that city is because there's lots of coins that they have found, um, they think it must have been a very prosperous city. So he was going... He was going for this world's comforts. He was going for the good life, it would appear. And yet, Paul didn't fix him. You know, he didn't just give him a rebuke and that solved it. Demas set on a course of decisions that led him to go. And one of the things we have to recognize about the people around us is sometimes they make a series of choices and they end up apart or away or in the wrong place. They change. They leave for the wrong reason. Now, the other thing that's interesting here is Paul's talking about how he got deserted by Demas, but then he talks about two other guys. Crescens goes to Galatia and Titus goes to Dalmatia. Those aren't with bad reasons. You know, he knows, you know, he writes to Titus, so they're, probably workers who are going to serve and be a part of the 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 work that God is doing. So as I think about that, sometimes people leave for good reasons. You know, sometimes God leads people to go elsewhere. We're mm-hmm. celebrating a couple this morning. We're going to pray over them and it's sad when people leave. I don't like I don't like change. For the most part, I don't know if you are a person who likes things, but but some leavings are good. Right. When your children grow up, it is good that they leave the house. Right. And there are changes that are good. And this is something you celebrate. So Paul wasn't sad that Titus and Chris. um, The other guy left. (laughs) He wasn't sad about that. Those were good reasons. So sometimes people leave for good reasons, and although you miss them, you know you're going to celebrate why they have left. So we've got three names Demas leaves for the bad reasons, Crescence and, and uh, Titus go for good reasons. And then he says, Only Luke is with me. Paul isn't completely alone. And then he says, Pick up Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for service. Now there's a story here. Because who's Mark? Well, this is John Mark. So what's the story about John Mark? Well, John Mark had been with Paul on that first trip. Remember, he and Barnabas went. And what does John Mark do? He leaves. He takes off. He says, I I can't handle this. So, when they go on the second trip, Paul and Barnabas have a discussion about who's on the team. Barnabas wants John Mark. Paul says no. And they have a big, well, it says disagreement. It says a, a sharp disagreement. They separate over him. Paul takes off with Silas. Barnabas takes um, John Mark to Cyprus. And we don't hear more much more about Barnabas, do we? Not in the New Testament. We hear a little bit about it, but not a whole lot. So Paul's decision had to do with this larger mission. They planted a lot of churches. We don't hear that about Barnabas. But here's Barnabas investing in John Mark, and now Paul says he's good for service. See, sometimes people change for the better. Sometimes people grow. They're not static. And I know I'm stating the obvious, and yet often we don't think like that. We think of people as static. We think of them as, well, that person is, and then fill in the blank, positive or negative. But sometimes people surprise us. They grow, which is why choices matter, part two. So I I read a book while I was on vacation called Dark Matter. And it's a science fiction thriller and it won some awards. But the premise is, um, well, I'm not gonna tell you the whole story, but the book starts with a guy who is a scientist, he has a wife and a son, and he goes to a celebration of his friend who has won some big award. And the friend says, are you glad that you chose to get married and have a son because you didn't pursue your research? Apparently he was really brilliant. And the guy goes, yeah, I'm glad that I made the choice I did. And on the way home, he gets knocked out, and he wakes up. I won't go into all the details. He wakes up in a world where he hadn't gotten married, and he had made this huge scientific discovery, and it had changed the world. But he is no longer married to his wife, and he doesn't have a kid. And when he tries to go find her, it gets interesting because then people start dying, and that's where the thriller part comes in. But what the book does, and then it gets even weirder after that. But the point it illustrates is your choices make a difference in the world. Your choices actually make the world what it is. God has given us that dignity. Now, you might think, hey, okay, wait a minute. If I choose to have the steak taco at lunch versus the chicken taco, the universe is going to be different. Well, probably not. But there are other choices you make that change the world around you. Think about the impact of a neighbor coming into your, um, somebody moving into your neighborhood. Your neighborhood is then different depending on, is he a friendly or a chromogeny neighbor? You know the neighborhood changes. You have an impact on the world. Decisions that you have made, who you marry, Where you work, all of those things affect the world. And that's a dignity that God gives us. You have impact. We were designed to rule and reign. That's what God gave us. So your choices, they matter in terms of the direction your life goes. You start down a path, the step leads to another one, to another one. And as you get further down that path, you can be in good things, good habits, good life, or you can be broken in the choices that you made. Your choices matter. And that's why this is important for us to see. It's important for us to see about the people around us in terms of not thinking of them as static, treating them with dignity and respect in terms of the choices they make, that they have the potential to to find Jesus if they don't know him and to become the kind of people that are awesome or Sometimes people are going to disappoint us, and so we treat them as best we can, and we love them, hoping that they find Jesus. But the same is true for us, that your choices matter, and the steps that you take lead to other ones, either for positive or negative. So I want you to think this week about some of the choices you've made and the results that that's had in your life. Not, you know, oh, man, I want to do that over again, because we can't. God's grace is over the sinful choices we've made. God's grace is over the bad choices we've made. And we move forward. But still, choices matter. And Mark, John Mark and Demas are good examples in terms of the different places they ended up. So, how do we cope with this? Well, I want you to think about circumstances. Circumstances change. We've all had a very last couple of years that have been very, very different. None of us had any of those things on our calendar. Like, okay, this is what's going to happen. But um, sometimes those things are directly related to people's choices, not the weather and things like that. But for good or bad, whatever those are, God's kingdom still reigns. Um, I read something this morning. We are not optimistic because of our circumstances. We're not optimistic because of our own abilities. We are optimistic because we serve a God who wins. We serve a God who reigns. We serve a God who is going to make everything new. We know the future. That's why we're optimistic. So God's kingdom prevails. We shouldn't lose heart or change course from what we're doing. You see, Paul here at the end of his life, even though he knows his end is near, he's still going after it. He tells Timothy in the passage we'll read next week to bring the parchments. Like he still wants to study and he still wants to write and he still wants to work, even though he knows he's near the end of his life. So here's some practical observations life's messy. Being involved with people. It's messy. They uh, sometimes disappoint you. So you're going to have to be flexible. Recognize God does not hold you responsible for anything you can't control. The stuff that's you can't actually do anything about is not your responsibility. You're only responsible for what choices you can make. So learn to be flexible. When things aren't the way you want, give some grace to the people around you. Life's messy. Second, people are complicated. Don't assume you have the final word. They'll surprise you. Sometimes for good and sometimes like, oh, wow. But recognize that and understand that as people are in process, there is still hope. There is still the possibility of God doing something in their life. And then third, pursue unity in healthy ways. Ephesians 4, Paul writes about preserving the unity of the spirit and the bonds of peace, and he talks about us, how we need to be humble and we need to be uh, patient and we need to be tolerant. And we have seen boatloads of people not doing that with the anxiety and the anger that is fomented. And I've, I've just been reading case after case of, of people just, just being vicious in situations where they should, as believers, have been better than that. And so I think Ephesians 4 is an important thing for us to think about when we think about the fact that life is difficult and circumstances can be hard and people are in a process and can change. So let's remember that we are optimistic because we know God and he wins. Let's keep going after it and let's give grace to the people around us with the hope that they will pursue and know Jesus and that they can find that way. And let's understand that our hope isn't in them being perfect, but it's in Jesus. Let me pray. Father, thank you so much. Thank you so much that Paul gives us a glimpse into the the lives of the people around him. It's too easy to, to draw diagrams and think of things being under this perfect situation. But life is messy and you understand that. Yet you give us the grace to love and care for the people around us. And that's what we ask for that we might be those people who are able to pursue the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace, and we can do it with humility and gentleness and and show tolerance for one another, and we can ask and, and learn from one another. Give us the grace to be your people in that kind of way, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.